On this week's episode number two of the MIDI Innovation Vault series, the deep dive into medical and scientific accelerators, incubator labs, and development communities, MIDI Medical Product Development CEO Gregory Montalbano speaks with Megan Pinizich, who is an executive team member of Columbia Biomedics, a biomedical engineering technology accelerator at Columbia University, formerly called the Columbia Coulter Research Partnership. Megan completed her bachelor's in chemical engineering at the University of Virginia and master's in biomedical engineering at Columbia University. Currently, Megan is also a PhD candidate in the laboratory disciplines of stem cell and tissue engineering. On today's podcast, Greg and Megan will be discussing in detail what Columbia Biomedics' accelerator program is all about. They'll discuss the inner workings of the biomedics, as well as touch on Columbia's larger lab-to-market accelerator network. Discussions will cover the biomedics methods of mentoring and support for their entrepreneurial groups, which include medical, scientific, and biotechnology applications. Megan will also review the various biomedics corporate, university, industry, as well as venture partner networks that support their members. Megan will also reveal what biomedics looks for in a startup member and how they can apply to their programs. Lastly, in today's podcast, Megan will talk about new initiatives and breakthroughs that are expected on the horizon from the Biomedics Member Network. Real-world examples will be discussed on what she has personally experienced and seen as a Biomedics participant and now as an executive program manager. So please stay with us, listen, and enjoy. Welcome to the MIDI Innovation Vault podcast. My name is Gregory Montalbano, and I am your host as well as principal of MIDI Medical Product Development. On today's show, we have Megan Pinizich, who is an executive team member at Columbia's BiomedX Accelerator Program. Welcome, Megan, and thank you for your time being here. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Great. So the listeners and I are very interested in learning about Columbia's lab-to-market accelerator network ecosystem, specifically BiomedX. So Megan, could you describe an outline for the listeners, Columbia's Biomedex Accelerator program, as well as touch base on how it is an essential component to Columbia's larger lab-to-market accelerator network? Sure. So the Columbia Lab-to-Market Accelerator Network is this cross-disciplinary support system that really guides Columbia-affiliated accelerators focused on everything from cybersecurity to clean energy to life sciences. And within the life science accelerators, one of the major areas of interest is in biomedical devices, which is where BiomedX comes in and where, where my role comes in. So we are Columbia's Biomedical Engineering Technology Accelerator. And our whole mission is really to catalyze the advancement of biomedical technologies from the bench to the bedside. And we do this by providing funding, education, and mentorship to teams of clinicians, scientists, engineers who are working to address unmet clinical needs. And really the ultimate goal of the program is to bring innovative research outside of the lab to benefit society. Excellent. So in this series, we are talking with several accelerators and incubator labs. And as we've experienced, each group has their own unique approach and value proposition when selecting, mentoring, and supporting their entrepreneurial members. So Megan, can you describe how Biomedex has created 
an environment and a support structure for learning and entrepreneurial thinking and innovation? Yeah, so one of the central components of our BiomedX program is the lab to market bootcamp that we run every spring. And this is in collaboration with the lab to market network, as well as our other life science accelerators, the uh, Translational Therapeutics Accelerator, TRX, and the Accelerating Cancer Therapeutics, or ACT. Um, and in this bootcamp, teams led by principal, principal investigators uh, across various disciplines of, of science, engineering, medicine, apply to, to partake in the bootcamp. Um, and, and going through the bootcamp, we're, we're really focused on educating these investigators and the teams on commercialization of medical devices and therapeutics, and really exposing them to all of the facets and, and challenges of translating their discoveries and technologies. And this program is project-based, so the teams apply with a proposal that describes a technology that they think can address an unmet clinical need. And most often this is a technology that's you know, in, in development in an investigator's lab at Columbia. And so, you know, these the teams apply, they have their technology, uh, and they're they're accepted into the boot camp. And then what it's actually like part participating in the boot camp um, is we really cover a wide array of topics necessary for successful translation of, of biomedical innovations. Uh, this includes everything from unmet clinical need to stakeholder requirements, market analysis, intellectual property. Uh, regulatory strategy, reimbursement, business model, and, and value proposition. And we often bring in outside experts to speak about these topics and, you know, comment on their real-world experience navigating the challenges of translation. Um, and the boot camp is very presentation-heavy, so we spend about a week or so teaching each of these topics that I, I listed, and then the teams present on that particular aspect of their technology the following week. So one week the teams present their market analysis, the next they will interview relevant stakeholders and, and present on what they learn. And the way I think about it is that each of these weekly presentations, which when initially presented by the team in the bootcamp is about eight to 10 minutes long, ultimately that eight to 10 minute presentation is distilled down into one slide that makes it into the final pitch deck. And so the bootcamp culminates in this pitch competition in which the teams present their final pitch deck, uh, which they have refined throughout the program. Um, they pitch to our oversight committee for the chance to win funding for their technology. And you know, going back to your question, I, I think you, you touched on this aspect of entrepreneurial education, which is really central to, to our mission. And this goes beyond, to, beyond just you know, teaching senior scientists how to be how to be entrepreneurs it's really an important component of the boot camp is to expose trainees uh, so graduate students uh, and postdocs in, in science and engineering as well as students in the business school and in the medical school uh, who are able to enroll in the boot camp for credit so kind of on, on a personal level I actually was a student in the boot camp a couple of years ago and you know we went through the program our team's project ended up receiving funding and you know, I really benefited immensely from participating in the program and engaging with the oversight committee so much so that I stayed involved as a teaching assistant for the boot camp and now in my current role as, as program manager. And I think what I can say from having these multiple vantage points, uh, what I can say about the program is that the curriculum is somewhat 
technology or, or solution agnostic. So really what we're what you're learning are methods and skills that can be applied to not only the project that you have in front of you in the boot camp, but also to any future biomedical device or innovation that you may uh, encounter or work on. And this is why I think it's really crucial to involve graduate students and, and trainees in the program, because then BiomedX is really able to teach scientists who are very early in their career how to think about these challenges towards translation and, and how to design solutions that will make it into the real world and benefit patients. That's great. And you mentioned that you're a graduate of the BiomedX. Um, so at, what technology were you working on or application and also what was some of the most enlightening parts of your journey as a BiomedX uh, participant? Sure. So my uh, the technology that I was working on and I'm actually still working on today um, is focused on the development of a, a, seal, a surgical sealant for applications in, in the lung, uh, so in, in lung surgery. And one of the most... I would say in enlightening things that I, I took away from the program is the importance of finding a good match for your first indication or the, the first application you're going to pursue with your uh, technology. And I think that many of the projects and, and proposals we see and the teams that go through the boot camp, they have this great technology in mind. And there are many different possible applications and indications for that device, right? But you have to think about what is the most practical way to get to market, to receive regulatory approval. And, and this is all really strategic, right? So you have to kind of focus on appropriately matching your solution to a compelling unmet need um, that also fits in the framework of the existing cycle of care for that, that clinical problem. That's great. So serving as an external advisor for many different accelerated groups, I've seen there's a great value to offer early entrepreneurs and startups and accelerators in an ecosystem that scales. So how does Biomedx position itself and its entrepreneurial members to fulfill that role of fostered collaboration with other entities such as universities, industry, strategic partners, hospitals or other healthcare life science players, as well as a venture partner network? Yeah, so our Biomedex Oversight Committee is really central to our whole mission as a program. The committee is made up of clinical, academic, and industry experts with really diverse backgrounds, ranging from you know, those who launched, launched their own biotech startup to venture capitalists to those with expertise in intellectual property law. And not only are they responsible for evaluating and selecting proposals to be funded, but they also serve as ongoing advisors and mentors to our teams. Oftentimes committee members will attend a session or two of our boot camp to give a guest lecture or even to watch the teams present and give feedback and coach them on earlier iterations of their pitch deck before pitch day. Um, and then beyond the oversight committee, we also have strong collaborative relationships with Columbia's other life science accelerators, as well as the broader Columbia lab to market network, uh, the tech transfer office, Columbia technology ventures, and with many departments across Columbia's medical center and engineering school. 
And as our teams progress and get ready to take the leap and move outside of the university, we're also able to support them by tapping into our network in the New York City biotech ecosystem to connect groups to potential investors or other incubators and, and funding opportunities uh, beyond the walls of Columbia. And, you know, we're so grateful for the active engagement and support of these many institutions, collaborators, and committee members who really critically enable the Biomedex program and, and make our mission possible. Thank you. And uh, I wanted to touch base on your thoughts relative to best methods of optimizing and maintaining alignment between both sides of academia and industry, especially during the early stages and later stages of biotech and biomedical development, in essence, bridging the translational gap between them. So how does Biomedx help bridge that gap? Yeah, many of the investigators who go through our program are really brilliant scientists, engineers, and clinicians but are, are more beginners on the business side of things, which is to be expected. Um, and you know, business like science is really hypothesis driven, but in a different way. Uh, so the way that an investigator thinks about and talks about their technology at an academic meeting or in a scientific grant proposal or in a manuscript uh, is going to be quite different from how they would talk about their technology pitching to investors, right? So I think it's important to be mindful of this and to be open-minded about it and, and recognize that what is a compelling scientific question may be different than what is a compelling market or business opportunity. So you need to be okay with refining the story and, and pivoting as needed. And Biomedex is really all about training investigators to think about innovation in this way. Yeah, it's, it's really important to work on the technology, but understand the market and the end user's needs so that as you're progressing your application, uh, you're able to have that forethought to pivot and or apply it in different ways. And having that support network is uh, very advantageous to do that. So mm -hmm. is Biomedx's program open to anyone or is it just Columbia research students or alumni or faculty? Yeah, so Biomedex is open to teams that have at least one Columbia faculty member as a principal investigator, uh, and the technology has to be based on Columbia intellectual property. Um, but we've had in the past uh, collaborations with, you know, with people outside of Columbia as well. But the, the primary faculty member has to be Columbia faculty. Okay. And what's the typical makeup of the Biomedex entrepreneurs? For example, do they run from early research stage all the way through to some funded companies or early funded companies? It's, so it's all early stage pre-company phase. Um, and the, the goal of our funding support is really to serve as a bridge to commercial investment. Um, and the awards are granted to perform specific tasks or experiments needed to validate this commercial hypothesis. Uh, and in terms of the, the makeup of the teams, we actually have one additional requirement, which is that each team has to be made up of at least one engineer slash scientist and at least one practicing clinician. Okay. And what have you witnessed lately being developed at Biomedex with its entrepreneurs, which would be considered like industry hot topics or new technology applications or growth areas? And really, what are some of the more interesting programs coming out of your accelerator? Yeah, so I, I've been thinking a lot about this and I feel like the way that we 
think about medical devices in general is, is evolving. I notice when, you know, when I talk to friends and family and people outside of science and medicine, and I talk about biomedics and, you know, my own interest in medical devices, the response that I almost always get is, oh, medical devices, you mean like prosthetics? And I think that, you know, that's like kind of what you think of like as a classic example of, of a medical device. Uh, and I think that, you know, the way we traditionally think about devices is that they're these extrinsic, you know, tangible objects that replace some loss of function in the body. And, you know, there, this is not to say there's not amazing innovation surrounding prosthetics because there is. Um, but in reality, that's just one kind of medical device, right? And now we're seeing more and more how groups are really thinking beyond this, you know, this extrinsic tangible object and, and working with things like smartphone apps and, and AI, which can support access to healthcare and clinical decision-making, especially in this, you know, socially distanced world that we're now living in. And so we've seen some trends towards this in the technologies being proposed uh, within biomedics and, and beyond. Um, and, you know, one other area that comes to mind when thinking about this evolving landscape of medical devices is this idea that, you know, rather than thinking of a device as this supplement or replacement to a damaged limb or organ, um, we can actually think about designing a device in such a way that it stimulates the body's intrinsic ability to repair itself and, and ultimately to heal. And, you know, with, with my background and training in tissue engineering, I'm probably a bit biased in, in my outlook, but I do think that we're seeing this, this line blurred in, in a good way between what is considered a device and what's considered a therapeutic. And the way I think this has been reflected in, in biomedics is that we actually have had more projects that are co-funded by biomedics uh, as the device accelerator and, and co-funded by our other life science accelerators, TRX and ACT, which are on the therapeutics and cancer side, as I mentioned. Um, so, you know, these kind of cross-disciplinary collaborations um, that are that are really thinking of medical devices in a, in a new way. Um, so one example that comes to mind that was actually co-funded in, in this year's cohort is focused on developing um, a vaginal probiotic cocktail as a means of addressing various reproductive conditions like preeclampsia, preterm birth, and, and infertility. So this is kind of like drug delivery device meets microbiome therapeutic. And I think actually, you know, this project also points to an, another expanding area for innovation, which is in women's reproductive health, um, you know, which I think historically has been understudied and and neglected somewhat in terms of innovation, but you know we're hopeful that the times are changing for that as well. Yeah, that's as as serving as a uh, external advisor to Biomedx, I'm always interested in every year in reviewing all new technologies coming out of your group and applications, and there's always something interesting coming out of there. So I really enjoy being part of that process. So with regards to the type of groups or companies. Does Columbia Biomedics consider, what do they consider for acceptance into the different programs offered? What's the threshold of acceptance and how do you recommend those groups get started on their path to become part of the Biomedics program? Right. Yeah. So we, we focus again, primarily on the, the medical device space, but we have this, you know, broad approach to what a medical device is. 
And, you know, in the past, we've supported projects in areas that range from diagnostics to AI to implantable devices and everything in between. Um, and, you know, if, if a project comes our way or a proposal comes our way and we think it's a better fit for one of the other accelerators, we're also, you know, passing on proposals and, and sharing ideas. We have this, you know, great collaborative relationship with these other accelerators. So if you're a Columbia group interested in applying to our program, first, you have to make sure your team is comprised of one scientist or engineering investigator and then one practicing clinician, because this is the requirement for our program. And you know this requirement isn't meant to be burdensome, right? That we, we really see this pairing of expertise as a critical component a to ensure that. It's a balancing exactly. of the team, yeah. Exactly, because you need to make sure that you're innovating in a meaningful way around a true unmet clinical need, right? So if, if you're an investigator on either the scientific or medical side and, and you're in search of your counterpart or a collaborator to apply to BiomedX with, then you know, also please reach out to us. We're, we're happy to help you identify a collaborator. Excellent. So when a medical or biotech group is accepted to a program at BiomedX, are there costs or fees involved for the startup group or is it subsidized by the program? And is there funding that can be won or sourced through your organization's structure and connections? Yeah, teams uh, are invited to participate in the Lab to Market Bootcamp, um, which is a semester, runs semester long in the spring. And this is application-based. So if your team is accepted, there is not a cost to participate in the program. Um, and then at the end of the program, teams have the chance to compete for funding in, in the pitch day competition um, and then, you know, continue on with the, with the project. And generally, what is uh, the funding amounts that you guys offer for the different groups? Um, usually up to 100K for, for okay. one year of funding. Okay, great. And how long do the uh, programs run? Sure. So after the boot camp, which again runs one semester, uh, funded teams receive the, the funds over the course of a year. And the funding is tranched, meaning it's milestone driven. And so the release or the distribution of the next portion of funds is contingent on progress towards the project aims. And this is really great because this progress is, is assessed by our oversight committee. So many of the same faces that uh, students and investigators are interacting with throughout the boot camp and, and the same faces that evaluate the proposals and serve as judges for the pitch competition have an active ongoing engagement with the teams. So within the funding period, the teams will present to the oversight committee usually three times. And these presentations really offer additional opportunity for continued mentorship and guidance, uh, as well as connection to other resources within the broader Biomedx network. Great. So what advice can you share to our listeners so that they best position themselves and become seriously considered for acceptance when applying to your group's accelerator program? Yeah, as you know, as I, I mentioned, most of these applicants have, you know, science, science, engineering, clinical backgrounds. So I guess if I was thinking of speaking to someone with that background, I would say, it's important to think of your value proposition to so the, the feature that makes your technology attractive to the user, to think of this as a hypothesis. And you know, beyond the technical validation uh, and hypothesis testing that's, that's going on in your lab, 
in, in order to test a business hypothesis, you have to actually talk to the right stakeholders to understand, okay, is my value proposition actually valuable? And you know, does my, does my solution match the need that I think I've identified? Maybe you have this brilliant technology, but the unmet need you're envisioning isn't quite the right fit or, or it's a good fit, but it's not the best fit. And, and that's okay. There may be other indications that, that do fit better. Um, but the only way you can learn that is by interviewing as many stakeholders as possible and, and being open-minded about what they have to say. And if they say, you know, hey, I, I would never use that device because it doesn't fit into the cycle of care for the, the, con the condition or the disease state that you're, you're proposing, you, you know, you can ask a different question. You can say, okay, what would the ideal solution to that look like? What, what does a solution look like that you would use? Um, so you need to approach it as, as this open-minded, you know, learning opportunity. Okay. So Megan, your insight, your willingness to share has been very valuable. And myself, as well as our Media Innovation Vault listeners, appreciate your time. So with a minute left, if a healthcare or life science company wanted to be considered for your programs, what is the best way to reach out to you or the Columbia Biomedx team? Please check out our website. It's columbiabiomedx.com, or you can reach us via email at biomedx at columbia.edu. So that's biomed followed by the letter X. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Columbia Biomedx. Great. And again, if any MIDI Innovation Vault podcast listeners have any questions about this episode, you can email us directly at innovation at midipd.com and we'll reach out to you. So with seconds left, what golden nugget of wisdom would you like to pass on to entrepreneurial startups in their early stage of research, planning, or growth? We always say fail fast. As an entrepreneur or as an innovator or a scientist, time is really your most valuable resource. And the knowledge that you gain from a failed attempt can allow you to pivot and that increases your chance of success in the long run. Excellent. And I want to thank our guest, Megan Pinovich of Columbia Biomedics for her time today. And again, Megan, thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge of Biomedics and Industry Insight. Thanks so much for the opportunity. It was really a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Just a reminder to our MIDI Innovation Vault podcast listeners to please tune in to the next podcast, episode three of this series. In episode three, I will have as my podcast guest, Indie Bio's director, Stephen Chambers, as well as the Chief Science Officer, Julie Wolf. Stephen, Julie, and I will discuss the methods and resources as applied to supporting, mentoring, de-risking, validating, and accelerating IndieBio's entrepreneurial members' transformative technology and applications that address both human and planetary health needs. We'll catch you next time. You have been listening to episode two of MIDI's Innovation Vault series on the deep dive into medical and scientific accelerators, incubators, labs, and development communities with host and principal of MIDI Medical Product Development, Gregory Montalbano. If you have any questions or comments on today's podcast or would like to schedule a complimentary consultation with Greg about your business, you can reach him by phone at 1-631-467-8686 or email at innovation at MIDI, M-I-D-I-P-D dot com. If you enjoy this podcast content, please follow MIDI on social media, or if you would like to download informative industry-related white papers and supporting material, please visit MIDI's website at www.midipd.com. 